Welcome to our latest episode of Tory Talks. In today's episode, we discuss Black Lives Matters protests, extending the free school meal vouchers um, across to the summer holidays, and also accessibility in the workplace. And if Parliament is um, showing a good example of that with changing the rules to get everyone back physically into Parliament. As ever, we hope you enjoy and thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to another episode of Tory Talks. I'm Sam. This is Morning, I'm Ian. <laughs> and together we are Tory Talks. Um, sorry for the uh, break that we had um, between filming, but uh, I've got to be honest, my mental health has been completely and utterly shot through lockdown. So we decided to have a little break uh, for me to get my act together and put my big girl pants on. So that's why we've had a bit of a break. Um, and we are not going to be doing any sort of like jovial uh, show and tells or anything because we've got a lot to cover um, this morning. So Some weighty matters. We're going to start with one that's uh, particularly sensitive and hope that we come out the other end okay. But we're going to be discussing um, the Black Lives Matters protests is what they're... they're... Yeah. Protests, yeah, yeah. Uh, peaceful protests, obviously, um, uh, during lockdown. So uh, let's get straight into it. Ian, your thoughts? Uh, okay, so obviously anybody that follows me on social media will know that um, I'm not a fan of the protests and I'm not a fan of the protests purely because of the timing. Um, and I'm, you know, I was quite disappointed that the council in Ipswich anyway, kind of like were condoning um, uh, the protest. I thought it was a very difficult position for them to be in. Obviously, it's always difficult to try and stamp on protest. You always want to let, allow people the right to voice their opinions. But I think uh, uh, I had an issue with the timing. I certainly had an issue with the timing. The sentiment of the, uh, of, of, of the movement, I agree with wholeheartedly 100%. I'm not a great fan of protest movements like this because they so often get get um, uh, hijacked by an unruly element, which kind of like takes away from what the protest is actually about. And that does seem to have happened a lot. Um, uh, thankfully, it didn't happen in Ipswich and there was a really peaceful protest in Ipswich that was, um, uh, you know, certainly the pictures I saw, social distancing was maintained. Mm -hmm. um, but it still doesn't get across the fact that there was mass gatherings of many hundreds of people in the park, which I don't think the council should have been condoning. I mean, that, that's really two different things. I have been, I'll, I'll, I'll be brief, but, but I mean, I, I was attacked on social media for my opinion there um, uh, and called racist myself. And that is one of the problems with this is that if you don't 100% agree wholeheartedly with everything, you tend to get attacked. And that is why I think it's quite important to do something like this Tory Talks, because it's important to get across the fact that, you know, just because you don't share how they're doing, it doesn't mean the values aren't the same. Mm. I've got the values, the same values as everybody that was probably on those protests yesterday. But I don't necessarily believe that the council lighting up a building with an empty gesture is the best way to go about enacting change, I suppose. Yeah, I mean... I'm probably taking a harder line on this one than you, which is uh, a bit of a surprise, but I completely and utterly 
um, uh, um, against this protest. I'm not a fan of protests anyway. You'll probably hear me speak out against all protests. Definitely was very hard line when it comes to uh, Extinction Rebellion um, and what they were doing. Um, I didn't agree with that at all. I'm not necessarily sure whether protesting is the right way to go about things. Um, and uh, and particularly now when we're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, and it's, it's really, really infuriated me, actually, that this has gone ahead. Um, yes, I agree that with you that the 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 core purpose behind this is to recognize that racism does happen it does exist we know it exists i mean we're probably shielded to a degree because we're both white so we don't we might not necessarily see it because we don't experience it though i have had an experience of racism in the past. I used to live in uh, an area in Plumstead and my next door neighbour used to make pig noises every time we left the house. Um, and uh, But if you say that, someone says, well, it's not racism because you're white, but it kind of is. Um, the problem is it wasn't so long ago, as in a week ago, two weeks ago, that leading uh, figures in the BAME community were on the news asking us to take the BAME community away from frontline services because they're more likely to die from coronavirus. And there was a, a fear about the disproportion, disproportionate amount of deaths when it comes to our BAME community and coronavirus. And then all of a sudden, we're throwing this completely out of the window. And not only are we forgetting that, we're now having groups of thousands of people in London, hundreds of people in our hometown who are probably at the most vulnerable out in a in, in big groups of people. And we've forgotten that a pandemic is actually happening. And I'm infuriated by it. And I think that it's really, really reckless for the leaders of the communities to be encouraging that. Because when the spike happens and more deaths happen, who is going to be to blame for this? Well, look, I'm in agreement. And I suppose my sentiments are a little bit more that... This this movement, the, the, the Black Lives Matter movement, has been around for some time, okay, um, and has done some good work um, uh, over the uh, uh, over the years that it's been in existence of bringing things to the forefront of people's minds. Because you're right, um, uh, we probably don't experience it like um, uh, like other people may, um, but um, this whole uprising, as it were, which we're seeing um, uh, in the states. Um, uh, people are saying all around the world, but I'll be honest with you, I haven't seen much from all around the world. I don't know if it is all around the world, but anyway, um, uh, is more to do with police brutality. Mm. Um, uh, you know, the state suffers a horrendous problem with police brutality um, and has done for many years. Um, uh, and yes, do you know, the statistics do show that um, uh, that blacks probably um, uh, have more police brutality against them than other races i suppose you know me i'm i'm i'd like to think i'm what other people want the society to be because i don't actually see race so when i saw the horrendous pictures of that policeman kneeling on uh, uh george floyd's neck and him screaming out that he couldn't um breathe um uh, i was as horrified as everybody mm. else but i saw two people i didn't see it being a race issue 
because only a few weeks previously, exactly the same had happened to a white with a white person. Yeah. I saw it as police brutality. Now, I don't think there's any inference by anybody that there was any race element involved in this horrendous murder, which is what it is. It's a murder. Um, uh, there, it was a murder of somebody by a policeman. Mm. And in, in in the states, and kind of that's been jumped jumped upon by the Black Lives Matter movement, and I feel that they perhaps lose some of their um, lose some of their voice by the fact that almost they're protesting for the same thing in this country. But you know, it's undoubted we don't have the police brutality in our country that we have in the states. No. Um, uh, we don't have the issues like they have in the states. That doesn't mean. Now, the problem is, is that when you say that, you automatically get accused of being a racist. Oh, you're saying there isn't a problem. No, it's not. Saying one, and that's the problem with these arguments sometimes, saying one thing doesn't mean that another thing has to happen or another thing can't be true. We know there's racism in the country. I don't think it's institutionalised. I don't think it's endemic. We're lucky to live in a part of the country where there is very, very, there's hardly any racism, but that's not saying it's not there. And I think that what these protests did is make, um, you know, Ipswich is a very, very calm town. And to be honest, there are issues in the Bain communities which affect them on a day-to-day -day basis. And I personally don't think that race is the top of that list. I don't even think that racism is in the top three issues that afflict the Bain community. I think, and I know apparently we're not allowed to say the term all lives matter because that means you're racist and you don't understand black lives matter but you know what those pompous people that say that they're part of the problem mm -hmm. because actually do you know what hundreds and hundreds of uh young black kids are murdered on our streets each year um through county lines and drugs and this is when black lives should be mattering mm. to me not when a man who lives four thousand miles away is horrendously murdered and it doesn't really have anything to do with our country um black lives do matter of course they do um but they don't matter more when and this is going to sound awful they don't matter more if the person killing somebody was white um uh, black if black lives matter then they should always matter and we should be looking at all the issues that mm. affect those um communities not just making out that race affects them disproportionately more than any than anything else. Because if we got rid of all racism tomorrow, which would be wonderful, but isn't going to happen, unfortunately, there would still be issues within those communities. Hmm. And I would still be big issues. So, of course, I think it's important, but I think the message is lost with the timing of it. And they're concentrating too much on things that happen thousands of miles away that actually are being dealt with. I mean... Yeah, he's but he was originally charged for was it third degree murder? It's now been increased to second degree murder. They've obviously got di they've got a different system, haven't they, in America? But he was the police officer who was at the front because I think there was four police officers, three or four police officers that were actually sitting on him. Um, but the, you know the police officer who was on the neck, he was charged, um, and due process um, so is is happening. So can I say that the others have been charged now as well? And okay. <clears throat> A little aside to add is the fact that um, obviously they have completely different laws in America. They have federal state laws. They have state laws. They have federal laws. Um, uh, and 
course, it's up to the state and prosecutors to do things. It was the Minnesota state uh, prosecutors that charged him with third degree murder. Um, and it was actually that horrendously bad President Trump, uh, president's office that ensured that, that was upgraded. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, so they jumped in. So that doesn't take away from the horrendous killing, but the system that you're wanting, that you're saying is broken, worked. A terrible crime happened. Somebody was arrested and somebody's been charged for that terrible crime yeah. and is going to be held accountable. So um, uh, that's why I suppose I'm a little bit surprised at how it's um, uh, gone at the moment. Um, and I'm all for, I know I posted something on social media that I didn't, um, uh, uh, that I didn't support the lighting up of the council building. And that's because I knew they'd only, they'd only got an email from another council a couple of hours previously. They, uh, it was an empty gesture. It was a last minute thing and it's not backed up by actions or deeds. And um, uh, it's easy to make gestures and harder to take action. And uh, I just think that gesture politics is something that I'm not interested in. Well, and, and we know this as well. I think I, I because I know you quite well, I understand your frustration because I share the frustration. Problem with things like Twitter is there's a limited amount of, you know, letters that you can you can put out there. But the frustration that we both have is that we know that there is some serious problems in Ipswich, especially with county lines. And we have tried our hardest to be a positive difference when it comes to to Ipswich we not so long ago had um Tavis Spencer Aikens um murdered in the streets in broad daylight and then the everything that happened afterwards when it came to funding when it came to opening a community house and all that all was kind of like look at look at our headlines we're going to put um, this amount of money in this this place but we knew that they what they did wasn't good enough for that community it wasn't fit for purpose because the decision makers don't understand that community so don't then come across and say we're going to light the town hall uh, purple whatever it was in support when actually you're failing that very community that you're saying you're supporting right now that's where the anger comes from and I I've had this anger for a long time in my you know where I live opening a community house that wasn't fit for purpose because the first thing they did was fill it with police if you know anything about a community then you would never have done that. So the empty gesture, I hundred percent support you on that. Is don't don't light up a building when you haven't even taken any form of opportunity to really understand the problems that are going on and why the BAME communities are affected differently to the white communities. So I agree with you and I 100% back you up that it's, it's actually insulting. I'll go as far as saying it's insulting to say now you support that community with a bloody light. Well, well, well you know, it is, and this is the problem. We've, we've been saying for quite a few years now that um, uh, the, the, the council here has lost the communities as it were it lost touch with the communities it lost um uh, uh you, you know it's, it's it's out of touch um uh and then um obviously the horrendous murder in it which happened um to, uh, more to do with county lines mm -hmm. and um uh, then all of a sudden it's oh let's throw some money here and so you're correct let's throw some money there and again it's reactionary politics yeah it's um uh, the horse has already bolted what can we do to appear to be looking to be doing something when actually they weren't proactive in the first place um uh, and i suppose another reason why conservatives in Ipswich we tend to attract a bit of criticism like this is because we dare actually speak out about things mm. um uh, you know sometimes people tell me all the while and you shouldn't have said that but then um uh if I don't say it, nobody else is going to. Um, uh, and also, 
that you know in a in 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 in, in a way um uh, obviously this brings to the fore not an argument a, de a, a debate that needs to be had but one of the biggest debates is the fact that we're allowed to do, to debate about this stop throwing um uh, insults around uh to people that don't necessarily hold the same views as you um but then you know taken away just the local part at all you know i've seen some horrendous pictures this morning of some of the damage and desecration done in other places and uh you know that's that happens so often with protest movements mm. and it doesn't matter what the protest is um uh, uh you know it's um often hijacked by this unruly element that then takes away and loses the message because half of the country that this protest movement was trying to get on side will now be against them because of the scenes and the pictures that have um, uh, that, that, that have been shown on people's televisions over the last few days. And it just makes it out to be, um, uh, and it tars the whole movement with the same brush, um, uh, which um, uh, is just not, is not what they intended to do. And I just... Um, but the, the problem is, Ian, with this is like, what... What is the the purpose behind it? There doesn't seem to be any message apart from Black Lives Matter. But it's like, what are you hoping to change? What is the message here? Because I've got some statistics here about. Um, so it is the number of people shot to shot to death by the police in the United States. Um, in 2020, so far, 172 white people have been shot to death by the police. 88 black people. Hispanic. 57 you've got last year unarmed police and um, under unarmed people nine unarmed black people were killed 19 unarmed black uh, white people were killed so the statistics are white people in america are killed by police armed and and or, or unarmed um far more than black people so if if the argument is, and this is by the Wall Street Journal, so if the argument is that you're more likely to die being a, a death by cop, being a black person, it, the statistics say otherwise. Um, you're more likely to to die being a black person in your community because of the way that, um, unfortunately, uh, America is and um, the, the fighting and the gangs and everything. You're more likely to die from that. So what is the message here? If we're going against police brutality which i agree there's obviously a problem then that should be coming together of all all races um all colors all creeds because there's obviously a problem if you're saying that there is institutional racism within the police then the statistics say, suggest otherwise and it might be different depending on states there is no but, clear but, message with this but but although i wholeheartedly agree with every single statement you've just said and every single statistic you've just said I think that you could just highlighted it. Um, I'll be honest with you. We don't need a pro protest movement in this country to protest something from the United States. Um, uh, uh, you know, we've got enough things that need change in our own country. Mm. Okay, um, uh, that police brutality in the states should be so shot, so far down our own agenda um, uh, that, it's, especially now. Um, uh, uh, that it's not even on the same page as what we're reading. But um, we have uh, a presidential election. The only reason why this is happening now is because there's a presidential election and it's looking likely that Trump 
is going to be re-elected. I don't, and I, and I think this is why I'm so against this and so angry because I genuinely feel the BAME community are being used here as cannon fodder almost. If it is incredibly dangerous in America um, to protest, is far more dangerous than it is here, and we've seen that with the footage, then why put these vulnerable people who are more likely to die from the pandemic that's going on, who in their interpretation is more likely to die through br- police brutality, though the statistics prove otherwise, why would you put them in the firing line at this time and you would you do that because you're using those communities um because there's a presidential election and that's why i think at this time and this is why i'm so against this right now because this is to cause a divide and to to anger people in order to vote a certain way i think all that's going to happen now it is created a further divide and further tension because people that um are probably maybe closet races are probably going to be coming out more against it and more frustrated when you start seeing cenotaphs being um uh graffitied on and and things like that that angers people inside that doesn't that doesn't make you a friend and make you think actually i'm going to listen to this like i said there's no clear message there's too much damage there's obviously a misunderstanding of history why you would um uh, graffiti all over abraham lincoln's um statue in in uh, london is beyond me i mean you can't judge someone from back in the day from today's standards but if you look at what he did for black civil rights it was far more at that time than anyone you know anyone else and he emancipated black slaves so if you understood your history which i would expect if you're going to lead that kind of movement is you wouldn't be but but, the, but 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 that's my point. You know, this isn't that that, that that damage wasn't done by the people in the movement. There was it. That damage is done by people that attacked themselves to all kinds of these protests. Um, but who's organising it? I, I do agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying about the message. There is no message. Um, uh, there is no action that needs to happen uh, uh, with this. If you know what I mean, there's no. Um, we want this. We want this. It's just a. And I do think it actually stokes more racial divide. Um, like I say, I made a non-racist comment on uh, when the Ipswich Council <clears throat> uh, tweeted that they were going to light up the building. I made a non-racist comment. Um, mm. And I must admit, if you see some of the comments that are attached to my tweet and then some of the other people that are commenting on the post, they are horrendously bad. Mm. Um, and You kind of like bring out all the closet looms and whatever to say whatever they want to say. Um, and... I think you do, you will have an element of people that say, well, everybody should be treated equally. If we really want a true and fair society, then I'll get in trouble for this probably. If you want a true and a true and fair society, then all groups should be treated equally. And groups that aren't BAME will look and say, well, why should you get different treatment? Why should you get this? If we want a society where everything's the same, then everything should be the same. I suppose we're talking about positive discrimination here. Um, uh, you know, I'm against all types of positive discrimination, whether that's trying to get more women into certain positions um, uh, uh, or trying to get certain um, uh, minority groups into certain positions. I'm not a fan of that. Mm. I realise sometimes it, I, I realise sometimes it has to happen, um, uh, but certainly. Um, uh, I'm not a fan of that and I don't think and that's why again that's another reason why partly I'm against um, uh, I'm against I, I look at Extinction Rebellion protests and every time they have one it puts people off Extinction Rebellion and yeah. every time somebody has a protest because they get um, uh, often get hijacked by um, uh, by extremists um, uh, 
they lose the message and they lose the argument and the normal people in society, the average Joe, Mr. Sensible, whatever, looks at it and then loses any kind of support. And I think exactly the same has happened here, not in Ipswich, because they, like I say, they had a very peaceful protest. Um, uh, but again, even that will have still angered some people. Um, uh, it's my niece's birthday today. We would usually have a family get together, um, uh, but we won't be having that because we can't all get together in a family um, uh, because of the because of the mass gathering rules. Um, uh, so what you'll see is that those type of people, although they might not have much of an opinion on Black Lives Matter, they'll be oh, can't believe that you let that protest take place. Mm. So they'll all they'll all of a sudden be slightly against this as well. And I think the whole timing. Um, uh, of it has just actually brought people out against it rather than brought people yeah. for it. And I mean, and for me, like, let's let's not forget that it wasn't so long ago that I was on the Cornhill um, as a speaker of a, a Stand Up to Racism rally that we had in Ipswich. Yeah, I, I do whatever I feel I, I can do at the time. Um, but, and, and But I'm can, against can, this yesterday. Can, can, can I come in there, Sam? Because you were one of a number of speakers in, the, in that Stand Up to Racism rally, and you were probably one of the only speakers there that wasn't an, either an elected official or some part of some group or charity that's connected to the Bane community. You were there kind of like as a private individual. Um, now, I can't exactly remember when that was. That was tail end of last year, was that? Was that October, November time? But it, it was a few months ago. Yeah. Now, again, this is part of my point. One, we had a Stand Up to Racism event in Ipswich a few months ago. Okay, Did we need another similar type event? Okay, But all these virtuous people made lovely gestures at this um, uh, event, and most of them are in positions where they can do something to enact some kind of change. And I can tell you that there has been no change since that Stand Up to Racism no. event. All these people that stood up, and spouted these lovely words, then went back to their day jobs or their um, councillor jobs or whatever, and did exactly the same as what they were doing anyway. They haven't changed anything. They just wanted to appear on a platform and appear to be virtuous and appear to be, look at me, I'm going to bring this amazing change. Mm. They say a lot of things, but they don't do it. You know, people, are, there's a lot of people attacking me on social media saying, oh, well, what are you going to do to bring change? What are you going to do? So, well, what is anybody doing to bring change? You know, I'm not in power. It's not my job to enact this change. But each few months we get people standing on a po podium saying they're going to do this, this, yeah. this, this, this and this. It's those people that are failing the community, not me. I'm not in power. Yeah. Um, uh, you, you know, it's uh, uh, every single one of those speakers at that event that said they were going to enact change. I'd love to have them back now and say, and so explain to the community what you've done in the last six months and differently to what you've done before after the last Stand Up to Racism event. Um, uh, and you know, and can I can um, I just say that I have been working incredibly. Like I, I'm just a, a, a just a member of the public, standing member of the public. I went to speak because I feel I felt that at the time it was a reaction to what was going on in Ipswich, but also. I do I do believe that personally I do my bit. Um I was part of a a group that was doing a Caribbean lunch club to tackle isolation for the over 60s in the BAME community. Um I've been working at the moment with someone I've had to take a time off and we're looking at why um community centers uh, cost more in rent um in areas of deprivation. So we're we're doing, you know, we're researching that to see what we can change on that and why why that is the case to stop this um 
areas of deprivation being treated very differently so you know i'm beavering away you're doing this to try and get some equality but trying to get some changes and then like you say you've got some councillors and um and you know leaders who who pop up do a speech it all sounds great and then they disappear and you don't hear from them again so yeah. what are you actually doing and then you can't then go and and just light up a building so you support it when you're letting down those communities um but yeah i i, I i'm glad though in ipswich i was cons- i was very very concerned by how it would turn out yesterday and that's because we do have county lines issues we do have gang culture and i just wondered i i in my gut thought that this was going to turn into something and I'm just so relieved glad and quite proud actually that it wasn't the case in Ipswich and I was wrong by what my gut feeling would be um and so even though I don't agree with the mass gatherings um I'm glad that it went as well as it could possibly have gone yeah and that's the same here I'll be honest I probably don't share your opinion there and as much as I never expected it to get ugly in Ipswich because I know Ipswich people and doesn't tend to be like that um, uh, in, in in this area. Um, uh, I was more that a civic, uh, the council has a civic duty to set a lead to, um, and they've put, yeah. and they put their, hmm, um, the right term, maybe their virtue signalling, they put that above their signalling for keeping to the government guidelines. And um, uh, with everything that we've been told over the last few weeks and months, um, uh, for a council to uh, forget about those guidelines when it actually has 140,000 people to um, look after, um, uh, of which a small minority were at this um, uh, protest yesterday, and it was a small minority. If you look at the Ipswich people as a whole, um, uh, Ipswich Council have kind of like allowed a minority to forego the government guidelines Mm. and um, uh, that's not what the council should be doing the council should have found another way the council should have offered an alternative the council shouldn't have been seen to be condoning meeting in groups um, uh, that that, that aren't or the council should have put out some kind of um, uh, uh, wording some kind of press statement that says why they're allowing that to go ahead and why it's still not a good idea. Yeah. Um, uh, or, or, but, but, but they didn't do any of that because they were too quick to be seen to be jumping on, oh, we must jump on this bandwagon. Yeah. And again, that's part of my thing because all those same people now, um, uh, and I'll be honest, there are so many councillors um, uh, uh, promoting this event and they're the same councillors that were absolutely um, uh, circling like rabid dogs around Dominic Cummings only a couple of weeks ago, um, who I didn't defend anywhere on social media, I, did, I, hasten, but... I, I, I hasten to add. <clears throat> but he's a man who made a, um, a decision in very difficult circumstances that was absolutely pilloried for that decision. And now we've got civic leaders and councillors um, uh, almost inviting people to come to some kind of mass gathering and event, which they know is going to break the lockdown rules far more than that, which was smacks of hypocrisy, smacks of um, uh, everything that they say that they're against and is totally wrong and totally gives the wrong message. Yeah, and I've got to be honest, from a personal point of view, um, as you well know, I've really, really struggled with this lockdown. Um, And, you know, the reason we haven't done this for a while is because my mental health has been shot to pieces because of this. And I just find it really 
upsetting like the anger that we experience as conservatives because of one man and his decision which he thought was best for his children was ridiculous i mean i even had friends having a go at me who known me for a long period of time having a go at me because they needed someone to to vent to and they were so angry with with the lockdown situation and then you see these mass gatherings now and i i feel it kind of just damaged my mental health even more because i so desperately want my life to go back to normal just like everyone else i so desperately need my friends in my life and other human beings and the isolation is killing me mentally um and well, i was talking to, i was talking to somebody else who's also self-isolating because of um uh somebody who, who i work with actually who's been off for a few weeks because they're in the at-risk category and um i was chatting on friday they called in friday they, we speak to them once a week at work yeah. and um it's very 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 similar to what you're saying um that they felt left behind as it were they felt oh everybody's forgotten about me um uh they've kind of like done this for this group done this for this group they're allowing this group to have a protest and get together and whatever and who's talking about me who's talking about this group of people that are staying at home and have been told to um still shield at home away from everybody else and now uh, you know now allowed out once a day as long as they're socially distanced mm. and, and and he actually said to to, to see people condoning that other kind of activity he said was like a real smack in the face Mm. because it's almost like the rest of the world is carrying on as normal and we're still being told uh, you can't see anybody you can't go out you can't do this you can't do that um uh, and they they actually said that they'd felt worse this week than they'd felt any other time and i'm only sorry but 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 only said that validated the the, the point you're making that this has made other people feel um uh feel worse as it were um uh because of because of because of the lockdown so mm. yeah yeah exactly i mean i've i've been in a kind of rebellious mood i haven't actually broken the rules but you know i did go a, a shop that i like a vintage shop that i like was open um i like i say it's been almost 12 weeks of pretty much shielding um and i thought you know what i'm going to i'm going to go to this shop uh, and there was no one in there so it was it was fine but it's like mm. I probably wouldn't have done that a few weeks ago um, because I was strict as you like washing all my food and everything else. And I kind of, I think I'm coming to that. If no one else cares, then why should I? And I, and I, and I don't like being in that place because that's not two wrongs. Don't make a right. Two wrongs, but don't make a right. Um, but I, you know, I, I went out, got some vinyl record, come back and, you know, painted whilst listening to Genesis and it was it was actually very nice but it was I wouldn't have done that and so I've noticed that my own behavior is changing and I'm uh, the the rebellious I can't be caged for too long is now starting Mm. to you know is coming through and I don't think that this protest has helped that at all um no well well, it certainly hasn't no. no. no right so um next next subject because a lot has happened this week. Um, so I'm going to have a little bit of a moan and I'm going to get this in really, really quickly. And it is about um, the free school meals. I'm having a real difficulty right now with my politics. And that's because I understand we're in a p- pandemic. I understand that the we have to have some form of socialism right now to get us through. But how? where is the line? So I saw an article, um, even though I said I was boycotting the East Anglian Daily Times, I clickbait, had to read it, but that's because it was RMP and his opinion piece. He has written a letter, um, as he does, 
um, asking for the free school meals to be extended, the vouchers to be extended through the summer holidays. And I've kind of thought, this is my line. Ian, this is my line. I have felt uncomfortable through the whole process of all this, you can have money, you can have money, you can have money. Why are we doing this? Why are we suggesting, as conservatives, extending the free school meals to the summer holidays when they would never have had any of that ordinarily? You'll hear silence from me because I have no idea. Um, uh, uh, It's not a principle that I adhere to. It's not a principle that I agree to. Um, There is no reason... And then again, this, uh, I suppose, it. where is the, the problem is I also, if you keep giving people handouts, then, the, 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 then they come to expect it. Exactly. Um, uh, I don't understand why people that are in that position apparently need more um, uh, than they would do at a normal time. If you're going to give people free school meal vouchers or the equivalent of during the school holidays that's going to be something that's very difficult to take away that's going to be something that's like any benefit once you put it in it's very difficult to stop it um but then if you do that the next step is going to be okay well if you're paying us this much when the kids are off you need to be paying us more when the kids are at school um uh, 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 or the other way around mm. um uh, and i just i don't I, 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 I don't understand where it's coming from. And I and, and to be brutally honest, and this is going to sound crazy, I mean, I don't have children, as you know, but I'm guessing with everything closed, most people should have more money in their pockets than they've usually got. Yeah. And if they haven't, you've got to start asking some questions. I personally do not see how any household needs more income than what they would usually have when the majority of things that they would spend their extra income on, and we know that people on the um, benefits don't have extra income, but they do have extra. It doesn't all go on food and bills. Um, uh, uh, Why anybody would need extra income at this stage? And at some stage, the word affordability that we've been living on for the last 10 years needs to come into it. And for 10 years, the Conservative policy has been one of affordability. Can the country afford this? Um, Now, undoubtedly, during this pandemic, we've had to do some things that literally the country can't reasonably afford just to keep it going. But at some point, that needs to stop. And we now need to be weaning people off this uh, um, uh, government help, not weaning more people onto it. Because the more you wean a population onto it, the more lazy they're going to become and um, uh, the less people are actually going to go out and do anything. The whole point, we've spent so long getting be- getting benefits to a level where it actually pays to work and it actually puts money in people's pockets to go out to work. And we've got the benefit system in a way where you can't earn too much on benefits that means you're earning more than somebody that works. We've spent years getting us to that level. Let's not ruin it because it has worked. It has got a group of longer term unemployed people off the dole universal credit is yes it might not be the best um, uh, implemented benefit in the world but it is seeing results it is actually getting results and so no i think this 
it's it, this just flies against the, um, all the policies that have got us here in the first place that we've spent the last however many years um, um, defending um, uh, in the face of real opposition. Um, uh, uh, you know, so let's not throw this away. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah. And, 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 I, and I'll be honest, it is it is something so small. I mean, and this is the problem was that the left use this argument. Oh, well, it's only 15 pound a week. It's chicken feed in the grand scheme of things. It is. But then everything's chicken feed in the grand scheme of things. Um, it's the principle. The principle that no family should need more now than what they needed before. Yeah, and also during the summer holidays, if we're not going to be able to do stuff with our children, if we're not going to be able to take them to Pontins, Butlins, wherever, a campsite or anything, you're not going to be spending that money. At the end of the day, children... You bring children into this life generally if you can afford it. I understand circumstances change. My circumstances have changed. My disposable income is very different to what it was because of a divorce. I did not have children in a situation where I didn't believe I could afford them. So you have to take some form of responsibility. It should not be the state's responsibility to feed your children. And people get child benefit anyway. Universal credit has been increased during this pandemic, which I was very surprised with, but fine. You're spending less money. Why is a Conservative member of Parliament pushing for this ludicrous... um, It just feels like virtue signalling. And I, I know he's one of our own and we shouldn't do blue on blue, but this is ridiculous. And I voted for a Conservative MP and this goes against all my principles. And I'm really against it, even though it's this really small thing. It's ticked me off no end. I don't disagree. <laughs> so I had to get that off my chest. I'll probably get in trouble. <laughs> Whereas I was quite diplomatic and didn't actually say anything about it. <laughs> but it's but I've got an elected position, so I probably stand more chance of getting in trouble than you do. Yeah, true. But I hope to get elected one day, and I think I'll probably get kicked out of the party for being uh, not, next. not partisan enough. Right, next, Parliament. Well, we Should we talk about Parliament and the whole virtual voting versus Mog, who is getting people back into House of Parliament? So um, I, as you all know, am disabled. And I do my best to stay in the workplace um, and I had to create a small business from home because unfortunately, because my disability is unpredictable, um, I was struggling with employment because I used to work in the city. Um, And uh, so I am very uh, keen on uh, supporting those uh, with facilities to work from home um, to get disabled people into the workplace. I think we've made a massive effort to do this during the pandemic because you have to try and see some form of positives. I was excited to see that Parliament was getting with the times. They were doing remote you know, um, uh, remote questions, uh, testing out remote voting. And I thought this could well be something that stays and will give a sign to disabled people that they could actually be in positions of power and and there's going to be the right tools in place to make that accessible. This week, obviously, we're seeing a real push to let's just go back to normal. You know, even though there are some MPs that are shielding, let's just go back to normal. Let's get rid of it all. Okay. And let's go so, back to so, normal. Well, I think, again, I, I spent the first part of this podcast saying how council should set an example. And, and although I don't necessarily agree with the way it's been implemented. This is exactly what the government's doing. 
um, uh, this happened at a time when the government was trying to get people to go back to work, was trying to get people to go back to school, was trying to get people to um, actually say, do you know what? It's not as scary out there as what is what you're thinking. We must get we must get back. So they're they've attempted to set the tone, mm. which is what they exactly what they should do. They've attempted to set the tone, but I think it's been managed horrendously badly, and I think it would have given a much better message out there which is a message that other companies have tried to give to their staff the message should have been let's return if you can if you're fit and able-bodied but those of you that need shielding we will still put everything in place to allow you to do, to do your jobs you know my, my, my place of work we've remained open throughout all this we've still got a big group of people working from home um, they're still working from home because most of them are in some kind of at-risk um, uh, category um, uh, but we're allowing them to work from home, even though other people have come back. Um, uh, and I think that the government was right to set an example because a government should set an example. It's what it's there for, should set the way forward. Let's come back to work. Let's try normality. But it also should have set the example of not forgetting about its people that perhaps aren't um, uh, as able as uh, as others and are in the shielding groups. So it should have made some kind of um, uh, alternative arrangements for those. And then you've got the best of both worlds. You're showing people that both systems can work. Um, and I'll be honest, it's such an easy change to have. They'd already brought in the electronic yeah. voting and stuff. So it seemed to me to be such an easy thing to change. I am a little bit worried now that they're... They're not changing because they're stuck their heels in a little bit um, uh, and they're worried about saving face because the easiest thing to do would be to make a statement and say, OK, cool. For most of us, we're going to still return to Parliament because we think it's the best option and we think it's a good idea. But for those that can't and that don't feel comfortable, we're going to put this in place because that shows them to be a caring employer. Um, uh, and I think then they've answered both camps questions and they've kind of like, set the stall for to really how responsible companies going forward should be acting we can't have a blanket rule for all because of the current pandemic so let's um be flexible yeah and i agree i mean i watched believe it or not i watched the debate that was going on in the house of parliament uh whilst trying to um make some balloon animals with my children so i was multitasking it was a disaster don't buy cheap balloons um but i was watching it and jacob Rees-Mogg makes a compelling argument i understand where he's coming from um but at the same time it did feel to me very digging your heels in being very stubborn um like you say um to, I, i'm a member um in suffolk coastal so um <coughs> therese coffee is our mp um she does regular um briefings as such with her members which i think is a fantastic thing i think uh, all members of parliament should be doing it with with their uh, with their members and their associations and it's a real nice opportunity to speak to a, um, an MP directly um, it's even nicer I guess for us because she is cabinet minister and it's for department work and pensions um, so I did express my concerns with this um, myself uh, she was very um, warm with receiving the feedback and I and I kind of said to her about how it comes across to you know the general public um, and I'm hoping that she'll t she'll take that feedback away she did make some uh, explanations about um how difficult it has been with the remote uh voting and how you know are people taking these votes seriously if they're just like like jacob reese mogg said you know if you're just sitting there watching whatever's on the tv i don't watch tv anymore but whatever's on the on the tv and then you just vote in are you really taking those votes seriously um so i can understand that there are concerns but i did say to her it needs to be 
expressed if this is the decision the general public need to understand where you're coming from because at the moment it's not really doing the campaign for uh disabled people in the workplace uh any you know it's, it's doing us a disservice <laughs> But there, but there is, but there is one thing I would say about that, and and every 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 group has attached themselves to it. Is that in normal times, obviously, I would say that we need to be as inclusive with everybody because I, I I wholeheartedly agree with your sentiment. But in normal times, we can be as inclusive with everybody as we possibly can be. But sometimes during this pandemic, you have to make blanket rules and blanket and blanket things. And the problem is that as soon as as soon as this government's made any kind of rule at all, there'll be some disaffected groups and oh but what about me what about me what about us what about us and unfortunately during this kind of crisis some decisions have to be taken that are unilateral yeah. against um, for the general good rather than that but the, the, the sentiment of the, the yeah. sentiment of of, of 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 this i certainly agree with. yeah and it was well received and you know when you have a discussion the the, the thing i like about therese the most is that she doesn't she doesn't use flowery language and so you kind of you know the vibe of what she's saying um, and you know what her feelings is about it because she doesn't really mince her words. And so to have that discussion with someone who has taken that into consideration already and is actually understanding the point of view from someone who isn't in that room at the time, um, it was it was really refreshing. It was nice. And I actually feel a little bit more comfortable about it. So I also expressed in the meeting about uh, AGMs, associations, accessibility, because this is, again, something that I've been you know, talking about ever since I became a member and uh, having hybrid meetings um, to make it more accessible for, you know, those with disabilities, those with young families and stuff like that to get more of an engagement. And I'm hoping that the Conservative Party, because we are on Tory Talks, I'm hoping the Conservative Party will learn a lot from uh, from this pandemic and make things more accessible and maybe get with the times a little bit because it's difficult being a young person in the party sometimes because a lot of the processes seem to be quite old school um so this is a positive that could come from the pandemic i'm just hoping we don't go back to normal and ignore all the positives and all the the stuff that we've put in place um when it comes to accessibility so that's kind of what i've been working on this week and trying to turn this a uh, absolute I'm going to say shit show <laughs> into something that could possibly be a positive outcome. Um, and I'm well, hoping it's been well received. Yeah. Um, uh, to be honest, you know, there are, lots of, there are lots of things to learn from this. There are some good ways we've spoken about it before the new normal. There are lots of ways. There'll be a lot more remote working going on for everybody. A lot more remote accessibility. Um, uh, you know, a little aside is that they are now recording council meetings for us so that they're showing them so it makes them more accessible but yeah that well that's a whole episode all on itself um uh accessibility yeah right well well that was quite a busy one for uh for our first one back so uh i think we've come out the other side i think we did all right actually (laughs) so uh thank you as ever for listening or watching and uh we'll be back hopefully next week with another episode so long as i don't go a bit mental again (laughs)